All right, we are live. Good evening, everyone. Hopefully, everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we'd like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for yet another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. Today is March 9th, 2023, and week 214. If you're new around here, welcome to Joy in the Midst of the Storm. This is a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter. And if you've been with us for a while, you know the drill, as we always like to say. Thank you guys for tuning in week in and week out, trying to hear what thus says the Lord. Now, as you can see from the title, it states Houston, we have a problem. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks. We can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. We pray that you guys get something out of it, learn the scriptures, and find a way to apply them to your lifestyles. So take it away, Minister Tony Banks. Thank you very much, Melvin. Uh, let us go into a word of prayer, as we always do. Precious Lord, thank you for blessing us, Lord. We thank you for how you washed over us, how you kept us. Uh, Lord, how you just brought us to another week, another another Thursday night, another week's Bible study. And Lord, we are, we're grateful. We're, th we're thankful. Lord, help us, no matter what happens to us in this life, continue really remind us that there is a reason to have joy in the midst of every single storm, every single trial, all tribulation. Lord, uh, just continue to be in our midst, continue to lead and guide us into all truth. Uh, Lord, just continue to uplift us, keep us encouraged, uh, help us not to lose the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Lord, help us to see you more and more every day. Uh, Lord, we, we just want to grow and elevate in you. Uh, Lord, help us to uh, show our love to one another, uh, to our wives, our wives, our husbands, our children, whatever it is, whatever roles that we uh, occupy. Uh, just being a child of God, just showing love to the other saints in the body of Christ or whatever roles that we occupy. Lord, just help us to show that love to one another. Uh, Lord, help us to just be the people that you're calling for us to be. Lord, we're praying for the Bible study tonight that your word would go forth, that you would increase and that we would all decrease. In the marvelous name of Jesus, we pray these blessings. Amen. Amen. Houston, we have a problem. You know, that, that actually... Uh, I won't go into all the background on that, but uh, it just comes from <clears throat> some issues that took place uh, as some astronauts were planning to go on a trip, uh, but ran into some problems. Uh, and so that phrase was coined, Houston. Uh, he actually says it a little bit different, but we're not going to get into all of that. Uh, but for this, for the purposes of this Bible study, uh, we are not dealing with Houston, Texas specifically, uh, so I don't want to single anyone out, uh, make anyone think that uh, this Bible study is talking about uh, just one singular group of people. Uh, we, we're, we're actually going to deal with the problem of humanity. Uh, so if we, we, if we want to single out anyone, it's humans, it's us, uh, it's you and I regardless of age, background, uh, status, uh, whatever, you know, we're, we're dealing with humans. As people, we've got a problem. Uh, so, again, this is not aimed at any specific individual. It's aimed, it's aimed at all of us. Uh, sometimes people say, uh, when you point the finger at someone else, you got four aimed back at you. I think that's how they say that. But it's it's, it's about us all. Uh, so we have a problem. Um, and, you know, as I was thinking about this, it's so very hard. Uh, now, we, we recognize problems in the world. Uh, we are good at spotting issues. But we're very poor at spotting issues within ourselves. Um, and so that's, that's what we're dealing with tonight. Um, God has to help us to see an issue that not only does it rely in 
our friend uh, and our co-worker and our and our spouses uh, and our family members, uh, even in our enemies. Not only does it uh, lie in those people, the problem lies within us just as much as it lies within someone else. And that's what God wants us to know. But he's, I'm saying this, but I don't mean God is having a hard time. Uh, I'll put it this way. People have a hard time getting us to see the problem within ourselves. Uh, I don't want to say God has a hard time. We're having a hard time seeing the problem within ourselves. So we're going to look tonight. Uh, pick up that verse I gave you, Melvin, and after we get that, we're going to go back up to verse one. But uh, let's look at that so we can get into it tonight. All right, really quick, though, just wanted to read off the early comments. Casey said, praise the Lord, brothers, and everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed and prosperous day. God bless and thank you for tuning in. Um, hopefully you're having a just as well, if not even better day than we're having. And Kiara is tagging people. So we appreciate you for helping spread the message. So thank, thank you to you two for tuning in. Um, so Matthew chapter seven and verse five, thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the moat out of thy brother's eye. You know, Jesus, he called many people Hypocrites. He said, now, for anybody who will watch and is watching all of the above, we're picking up the words of Jesus. So I'm not calling you a hypocrite tonight. Jesus is. He says, thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, get rid of your own problem, and then you can deal with someone else's problem. Houston, we have a problem. The problem lies within me, within myself. I've got a problem, but you know what? I can see Melvin's problem. I can see my wife's problem. I can see Casey's problem. Uh, since I know those two have already said something, God bless each of you for being with us. Look, Houston, I have a problem. He says first, Go and fix your issue. Cast out, uh, the, I think he said the moat. Cast out the moat. Or he said first cast out the beam out of thine own eye. He said thou hypocrite. God calls us a hypocrite through the mouth of Jesus because we're fast to see the problem within someone else. So many times I'll hear uh, other people's problem. You know, somebody, if, if a person gets upset with someone else, they'll come to you and they'll tell you, hey, you know, see, this is why I can't stand so-and-so because they did this and they did that. And you know what? If Jesus were listening to this, you know what he'd tell you? Thou hypocrite. First, go and fix your problem. Uh, he's not denying that the other person does not have a problem. So don't misunderstand well, what we're dealing with tonight, we're not saying the person that uh, we're telling all of our friends about, we're not telling telling you that they don't have a problem. But he said, what about the problem that you have? First, you fix that one before you try to tell someone else about their problem. Man, let's go up to verse one. Because so often people say we're not supposed to judge and we're going to deal with that. And so I might as well clear that up while we're on it. Uh, so let's, let's go up to verse one here. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And he what, says, mm -hmm. and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. He said, judge not that ye be not judged. In another place, he tells us to use righteous judgment. What he's wanting us to know is whatever you tell someone else, he said, don't you realize you're going to be held to that same standard? We live in a world where a lot of people are hypocrites because they're wanting 
telling you to do something they're not willing to do. They're telling you not to do something that they are doing. This is the sad world that we're living in. Jesus is going to give us some advice. He says, if you don't want someone not to tell you to do something, he said, you don't do it. I remember growing up <laughs> and now uh, this was before I had an understanding of these scriptures. However, I was still living them out. I remember my dad, uh, he was teaching me how to drive. And I remember uh, <laughs> um, I was driving and he told me to slow down. I said, hold on. You drive this fast? You drive at these speeds? Now, why would you want me to slow down? See, what was happening was that I was using the same, <laughs> the same thing he was doing. I was holding the, what he was telling me not to do. I'm saying, hold on, you're not even doing that. Now, I didn't know at the time that we were fulfilling these scriptures. And so Jesus is telling us, if you want someone to do a certain thing, look, you should make sure that you're doing that thing. So many times I've heard people uh, who smoke cigarettes, uh, someone older, they'll come and they'll tell a younger person as they're puffing the cigarette, coughing and choking. <laughs> they'll tell the person, look, don't you don't you grow up smoking me? Don't you try this now? <laughs> they said, don't try this at home. And yet they're doing it. And so in that child's mind, this child wants to know what's it like to cough and choke it and struggle to breathe. This child wants to know what it's like to puff the cigarette and can't even breathe. But what he's trying to get us to understand is whatever judgment that you hold for someone else, they're going to hold that for you. That's what he's trying to tell us. So he said to repeat it, he said, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. If you measure someone by that standard, that's what they're going to measure you by. This is how it is. Uh, so many times I've heard people talk about police officers and uh, people talk about how uh, we're supposed to drive at a certain, at a certain speed um, and, and people become so disappointed and so upset when they see the police officer speed past them going 20 and 30 miles over the speed and 40 miles over and feeling, wow, they're not even going anywhere. They don't even have their lights on. They're not. And so I understand the frustration, but we understand that the police officer, they can do that. And don't you try to pull them over and give them a citizen's arrest because, <laughs> because you will get arrested yourself. But so he says, Judge not that you be not judged. What, however you decide to handle someone else, he said that's how they're going to handle you. And so we have to be careful. Then we find, <clears throat> we come back down uh, to verse three. Pick us up again in verse three now. And why beholdest thou the moat that is in thy brother's eye? But consider is not the beam that is in thine own eye. He said, why do you not even consider? You know, God told us that in another place. He said, my people do not consider. He said, why don't you consider the problem that you have? Houston, we have a problem. Why are we not considering the issues that we have? But we're continually looking at the issue of everyone around us. You know, this is not aimed at you guys. Now, this is aimed at myself. If we would all take this message and apply it to ourselves, see, God could really deal with us. He could really take us to a new level. If we would look at and consider, see, he said, and why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but consider is not. You know, sometimes people don't even consider their wrong behavior. Sometimes people don't even consider that maybe I could do this a little better. Maybe I could do that. Maybe I should not have did this. Maybe I should not have did that. 
Sometimes people won't even consider their own actions. But we consider everybody else's though. God said, my people does not even consider free for his mirror. Or how will thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. How will you tell your brother? You say, look, you know what? I want to help you out. Look, come over. Let me talk to you. I'm going to set you straight. And we're trying to help them with a problem. And we're still living in similar or problems ourselves. And we're not even considering fixing. He said, how are you going to help out your brother if you won't even help yourself? See, we've got to start. Uh, Peter told us in the book of Acts chapter 2, he says, save yourself. Look, help yourself first and foremost before we try to help everyone else. He said, help yourself. Me being a preacher, and I come on week after week talking to other people, I have to be willing to help myself. I have to be willing to get rid of my problems to fix my issues if I'm going to come on week after week trying to help someone else fix their problem? How can I go around telling people not to lie and yet I have a problem lying myself? Look, Houston, we have a problem. The problem that we have is seeing the problem that lies within me first and not only seeing it and considering it, being willing to do something about it. Who's willing to fix their own problem? Now, now I'm not saying we don't need help fixing our issues. So I'm not trying to make it seem as if we can do all these things ourselves. But we've got to be willing to be honest with God and honest with ourselves and admit, Houston, I've got a problem. There's some issue I have and I need to fix it. Before I can run around town and fix everybody else and clean everybody else up, there's a problem that I have. And everybody might not even know about this. Other people might not know. They might not need to know. I'm not telling you to go around and, and, and showcase your issues. That's not what this is about. But it is about starting with ourselves and helping ourselves. So let's pick it up at verse five, where Jesus begins to call us out. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Thou hypocrite. You know, God, he, he, when he examines us, I don't care what somebody has to say about Tony and, oh, well, Tony, he did this and he did that right and he got this right. Look, I don't care what you say about me. When God begins to examine me, he can find every flaw that I have, every issue that I have. And so I need God to help me, to clean me, to create in me a new heart, renew in me a right spirit. You know, when uh, people go on trial and uh, we begin to cast our judgment on people, uh, we see someone has committed murder. You know, it's so easy for us to, to watch that person and examine them and consider the crimes that they've committed. And you know what happens so often? Uh, people begin to, 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 to chant for the death penalty. People begin to wish for the person to die because it's easy for us to consider the moat that's in their eye, the, the, the sin that they've committed, the trespass that they've committed. But you know what? Jesus said, thou hypocrite, you will not even consider the problem that we have. <laughs> Excuse me. We won't even consider you know, in one place he told us if we hate our brother, hatred now, didn't mean we physically did anything to them. We just despise them. We can't stand them. We hate them. 
Somebody say, I hate them with a passion. I heard people say that before. He said, if we do that, he said, don't you know you're a murderer? <laughs> so we find ourselves in the same condition, sadly, as some murderers, some mass murderers, some rapists, some people who have committed <laughs> so many crimes. We find ourselves in the eyes of God. He considers us the same person as that person on trial, that same person on death row. You know, God looks at us this way. I know. I know we look at it. We say, well, I haven't committed those crimes. But you know what? He tells us, look, you can just think these things in your heart and you're guilty of them. These are things that he tells us in the word. So it's really going to take some examination. <laughs> and it's going, it's going to take God to show us ourselves. And it's a tall task. Look, it's a hard thing to get someone to see an issue within what they're saying. You know, we all believe that our opinion uh, is the most valuable opinion in the world, and we're right, and other people are wrong. But you know, it's so hard to get us to consider another way of looking at this thing. And that's what God wants from us. He wants us to consider his way, his thoughts, his way of doing things. That's what he wants us to consider. So Jesus said, thou hypocrite, you first need to fix your problems before we can go and fix the problems of other people. So we're going to look at a few things on this tonight because it's a hard thing for us to see where we've been wrong. You know, God, we're going to run over to the book of 2 Samuel, man. 2 Samuel chapter 12. <clears throat> and we're going to go to verse 1. Um, but you know, there's a story in the Bible about a man named Hosea in chapter one, uh, I believe around verse two, you'll find God actually tells the man to go and marry a prostitute, one of the whores. He literally tells the man to do this. Go and read. Matter of fact, let's go and read that now. We'll come back here. I, just, I don't want to run over and read that. I think around verse two. Hosea chapter one and at verse two. The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms. For the land hath committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. God tells the man, he said, go and marry one of these women. She, she's not going to do you right. She will not remain faithful. This is who she is. But God said, go and take unto thee a wife. Go and marry her. He said, at the end of this verse, he said, for the land hath committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. All of these people who have made a vow to follow God, they made a vow and they said, you know what, God, we're going to follow you. We believe in you. We love you. And yet everything he's told them to do, the people will not do it. You know, Houston, we have a problem. He's, this picture is portraying us right now. A world of people who are declaring God, who are saying, I'm a follower of Christ. I love God. I believe in Jesus. He's my savior. And yet, a people who have departed from God, people who are not following God's commandments, who are not doing 
what God told us to do. But you know what we are doing? We say, yeah, I seen when Melvin did this. I heard Melvin did that. Yeah, he's got this problem. He, he's doing that. He do Instead of us considering what problems we have. See, I, I never heard somebody in a conversation say, yeah, man, I heard I've been doing this. I heard I was doing that. And then I heard I've been <laughs> The only time people say that type of thing is when they want to clear up some rumors. But we're not going to come and gossip about ourselves. We're not going to say, you know, oh, you know, I, I sure messed up when I did this and I messed up over here and I messed up there. We're not doing that. It's always about the other person. But so God tells this, this preacher, this prophet, he tells him to go and marry a woman who would not be faithful to him. And, and you may ask, why would God want him to do such a thing? See, God wanted to. God wanted this man to experience what God has experienced. See, God has created the heaven and the earth. He's created the sun. He's created the moon, the stars, the wind, the clouds, the seas. He's created all these things, these islands that we love. He's created all this. And you know what he did? Who he did that for? He did it for you and I, for mankind, for humanity. For male and female, for boy and girl, for the old person, for the young child. God created all these things for you and I, all the animals, all the creatures, with all the things that we hate, the flies and the roaches and the gnats and <laughs> the rats, everything that we hate. He created all of that for us. Somebody said he could have killed some of it. <laughs> but he created that for us. And you know what? Despite all of that, the only thing God wanted from us was love for him and for one another. And we would not follow his commandment. We continue to be unfaithful to him in breaking our vows, breaking the agreement that we made with God, saying how we'd follow him. And so this is what God wanted the man Hosea to go and experience. Experience someone who tells you that they love you, they care about you, they're wanting to be with you for the rest of their life, they're willing to follow you everywhere you go and watch them betray you time and time again. This is what God experiences on a large scale. This is what he's experienced with all of us around the world. People who would not follow him. So this is why he told the man to go and marry the prostitute. This is why he told him to marry him. Just to teach him how God feels. And so we have, God knows we have a problem today because we can easily see the problem in this story. We can see the problem in so many other stories, but you know what? We do not look at our own actions, our own behaviors, and see, how does God feel about me? You know, I want to go and show you one other story that I always uh, go to this one. But in the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 12, 2 Samuel, chapter 12, and we'll start here at verse 1. Now, many of us are familiar with King David. We are familiar with, we may be familiar with, um, King David was at his place. Uh, on his rooftop one morning, he seen a woman bathing. Woman caught his attention. Um, and he asked who she was, found out that the woman was married. And that was not enough to stop him. He took the woman unto himself. Woman became pregnant. And now he begins to try to cover it up. See, instead of us confessing, you know, God, we make mistakes in life. 
And God cherishes when we confess. <clears throat> God desires us to get straight. There are some things that are hard to swallow. There are some things that it's like, man, I would rather not have to say that I did this. I don't want to have to confess that I did that. But you know what? It is so much better for a person to confess than to cover. It is so much better for us to confess our sins than to cover our sins. This is what God is looking for. A person humble enough to confess. And instead of David confessing that he had messed up, he began to try to cover it up. And the more you try to cover something, the deeper the problem gets, the worse the situation gets. So he begins to try to cover it up. He, he, he tries to uh, first get the woman's husband to come home because his, her husband, a uh, woman named Bathsheba, her husband was at, at the war. So he gets the man to come home. We won't be able to read all of that because uh, it'll take us much more time than I really wanted to. The man comes home. David sends for him, invites him to his house, to the king's palace. I don't know if the man had ever been up at the king's place before or not, but he invites him there. And uh, David begins to make, I'm sure, some small talk with him and ask him, how's the war going? And <laughs> makes a lot of small talk with him there. And uh, he knows, David knows, the king knows what he's up to. But the man has no idea. The man has no idea what has transpired. And so again, he tries to get the man to go uh, down to his home. And you know what? Now, th now this, see, <laughs> God is in control of things. This man, even though he had come home from the war, now the rest of the soldiers, the rest of the people are still off at the war. And this man decides, you know what? I don't want to go home. Instead of him going home, seeing his wife, but he didn't go by the house and tell her she, he was there. For all she knew, he was not there. Man didn't even go to the house, slept right outside the king's place instead of going home. And David, the next day, begins to question the man. Man, why would you not go home and see your wife? Look, get in your bed and enjoy yourself. Man said, how could I do that? When I got all of my brothers at the war, in battle, they can't go home and sleep in their bed and be with their wives and their family. They can't enjoy those lunches. See, this man has some love in his heart. See, this is what God is wanting us to get to, to where when one suffer, we all suffer. When one cry, we all cry. When one rejoice, we all rejoice. God is looking for us to get to that type of love. <clears throat> so the man did not want to go home. And David, I'm sure now, but he's had it with this man. Because this is how he was planning to cover the situation up. He wanted to send the man home with his wife himself. And so now, the king decides to write a letter. You'll find all this in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 11. Uh, you can go back and read this in your spare time. But now he decides he's going to get the man killed. So he sends a letter to the captain, to Job, or Joab. <clears throat> he says a letter and tells him, look, send this man to the hottest battle. This man needs to die. Even tells him, look, once you get him there, uh, you guys retreat and leave him by himself. All of this just to cover up the crime that he committed, the wrong that he committed, instead of just confessing. And so now the man has been killed. And this is where we pick it up in chapter 12. 
the man has been killed. Uriah was the man's name. He's been killed. And David is going about his happy life. And not expecting any repercussions at this moment. He's not expecting any repercussions. But David was a man after God's own heart. Didn't mean he didn't make mistakes. But God was going to correct him. And you know, God wants to correct each of us. But the thing is, we've got to first recognize we have a problem. So the man has a problem. But he doesn't recognize it yet. Pick us up, Melvin, in verse 1 here. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David. The prophet now sends a prophet to him. God, God Almighty. God is going to send you someone to help you. But you know, the first thing we do is we become defensive. We say, why are you telling me about this? Why are you telling me about that? I don't need someone to tell me anything. Read for us, Melvin. And he came unto him and said unto him, there were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. Mm -hmm. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank mm -hmm. of his own cup. Mm -hmm. and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. So the rich man has many animals. His flock, his herd is good, but the poor man only has one. Go ahead, man. And there came a traveler unto the rich man and, <clears throat> and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd. Mm-hmm to dress for the wayfaring man that was coming to him, but, mm -hmm. took the, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. So instead of the rich man taking one of his many sheep, he took the one sheep that the poor man had. He said the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And so the prophet now comes and tells David this story or this parable, if you will. He, he tells him this for a reason. Read for us, man. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. My God. Now, this, this is coming from a man who has just killed someone. Because he had impregnated the man's wife. And now just hearing this story, it infuriates him. Just hearing this story infuriates him. Because a lamb was killed. Not a person was killed. A lamb was killed. Look at this closely now. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. Read for us, man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. My God, give him the death penalty. It's what we're saying as Christian people. Hallelujah. As soon as we find out somebody murdered someone, somebody lied, somebody stole hundreds and millions of dollars, somebody did this, somebody did that. As soon as we find out. We say that person needs to die. And that's the same sentiment that David echoes here. He said, this man shall surely die. See, he can make this declaration because he's the king. He can say somebody's going to die and it would happen because he's the king. Read for us, man. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold. Because he did this thing and because he had no pity. My God. He's saying, you know what? On top of him doing that, he's going to restore that person fourfold, four times more than what they took. All because they had no mercy, no pity. They showed no remorse, no care. 
Isn't this how we think? When it's someone else, when it's someone else in the judgment seat, in the hot seat, isn't this how we think? Be for us, man. And Nathan said to David, thou art the man. My God, he got the surprise of his life. You know, when we're yelling out death penalty, when we're yelling out, I hope they ride in here, when we're yelling out all of this vicious judgment for other people because we see the wrongs that they've committed, you know what? We ought to go back and think about this. The word of the Lord Jesus, he said, what judgment you judge, whatever measure you meet, is going to be measured back to you. He said, why are you going and trying to straighten them out first when you hadn't even considered yourself? And so the prophet breaks it plainly to the man here. David said, look, this man, surely he's going to die. He's going to give a person back fourfold before I put him to death. The prophet began to, I'm, I'm certain, his whole face his whole facial expression changed when the prophet said, look, David, thou art the man. He, yeah. <laughs> he didn't even say, I hate to break it to you. No, he was happy to break it to him. He said, thou art. Look, it's you. It is you. Houston, we have a problem. The problem is we cannot see our own problem. You know, my wife was just telling me uh, that there was some study done and, and what they concluded was that people, uh, it said that we learn from our mistakes. And now that's a true statement. God knows I made some mistakes and I learned from some of them. Um, but uh, we learn, according to this study, even more from other people's mistakes. It took. David looking at somebody else's situation and acknowledging this person was wrong when he had just did the same thing. And even worse, because in this story, a lamb was killed, a mere sheep. But in real life, he had killed a real person. Houston, we have a problem. The problem, Lord, help us to see the problem that we have in ourselves. Help us to fix and clean ourselves up before we can go around and issue judgment upon other people and wish other people would do better. Lord, help us to do better. Help us to be better. This is what God is looking for from his people, if we're ever going to get to the place that we desire to get to, we, we, we all want to make heaven our home. But in order for us to get there, it's going to take us to sit down and consider our own actions. Hold ourselves accountable. Hold ourselves responsible for the decisions that we are making for the choices that we're making, the things that we find God tell us to do. we got to hold ourselves to it. You know, the first, the first thing that many people mention uh, when we find out that God wants us to do this and not do that, we say, well, so-and-so is doing it. <laughs> well, everybody else is doing it. Instead of us just holding ourselves Lord, help us to first examine ourselves instead of us pointing the finger at everybody else. You know, churches, our churches around the world. I'm not talking about one church, every church around the world. Every job, every school, every business. We would all be so much more successful. Every country. Suppose, you know, the United States, because... Uh, uh, we, we are bringing this broadcast to you from the U.S. Suppose us as the United States, suppose we were to hold ourselves responsible. I know we can point, well, look at what Russia did and, and look at what China did and, 
and all these other places and, and Korea and, and all these other countries. But suppose we said, let's look at what we're doing wrong. And suppose Russia and China and all these other places, they began to say, hold on. Instead of us looking at uh, the West, let's look at what we did. Look at what type of world we'd be living in. Just look at what kind of place we'd be living in. A place full of love. A place full of truth. A place full of accountability. But you know what? This is what God is expecting. Look, the, the, the world's government may never do that. But God is expecting this out of his church. Out of the people who are saying they want to make heaven their home. This is what God's expecting from us. Run over, Melvin. We're about out of time here. But run over to the book of Romans, chapter 2. Romans chapter 2 and verse 1. Therefore, thou art inexcusable. Huh? Amen. Read that again for us, man. Therefore, thou art inexcusable. Mm-hmm. O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. My God. Mm-hmm. Where, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. Mm-hmm. For thou that judgest doest the same things. Isn't this what Jesus said? He said, thou hypocrite. You're telling everybody else not to do this, not to do that. You're doing the same thing. He said, don't you realize you're condemning yourself? Don't you realize you're inexcusable? You can say, well, everybody else is doing it. He said, you're inexcusable, though. There will be no excuse that is accepted. Jesus told a parable. He said, at one consent, my God, they all began to make excuse. And it won't be accepted. He's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I know you not. Inexcusable. Read for us, ma'am. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. Mm -hmm. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things and doest the same? that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? You know, this is what gives me peace. This is what gives me comfort. Look, I don't, I don't have to worry about, well, so-and-so, they're doing wrong, and they're getting away with doing this, and they're getting away with doing that, and, and this, this person, they did. Look, I don't have to worry about that. And here's why. Because I know the Word of God just told us, what verse was that, Melvin? Uh, verse two, verse three. He said, oh, yeah. don't you, don't you realize that thou shalt, uh, let me read that full verse. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judges them which do such things and thou doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. Do you really think God is going to let you or let someone else escape his judgment, even though they're committing the things God told them not to do. Do you really think? I know we can say, well, they got out on trial. They beat the case. They paid the lawyers off. They lied their way through. They can do whatever they want. Oh no, They never got caught. Somebody did this and they never got caught. Don't you realize they've got to face the real judge? Look, I... Look. <laughs> I don't have nothing against Judge Mathis. But Judge Mathis, he's a good judge. What's the lady's name? Uh, Judy. <laughs> judge Judy. That's another lady, too. I can't think <laughs> of her name. <laughs> Look, they've got some good judges out there. They've got some good judges. But none are like the one that sits on the true throne, the throne of God. The just judge of all the earth. No one will escape his judgment. So can go and work on myself. I can go and clean myself because I know. Look, even if they don't get themselves together, I tell people all the time, I'm not the police. I, I will not 
be God's police officer every time you sin and do something you know you shouldn't do. I'm not going to be outside your house taking pictures of you, <laughs> writing it down in my journal saying, yeah, he lied. Uh, what is it? March 9th at 7.22 p.m. Central Standard Time. Look, I'm not doing it because God, he's keeping an account. He's keeping a record. And I know people will not be able to escape his judgment. Bible tells us it's a terrible thing to fall in the hands of a living God. Look, he's, he's alive and he's watching. So you know what? I can attack my own problems. I can go and fix me. I can go and continue to pray and continue to ask God to help me to overcome the battles in my life. Oh, while trying to help somebody else. But first, I've got to get my problems straight. First, I've got to make sure that I'm not going around doing the same things I'm preaching to other people. Drop down, Melvin, because we're out of time here. Drop down to verse 21. Right. Thou therefore, which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? He said, did you not teach yourself? We can teach everybody everything. He said, you're teaching, but did you not teach yourself? Uh Uh-huh. Thou that preachest the man should not steal, dost thou steal? To the preacher. He said, you're preaching to people not to steal. You're going in the pulpit week after week. But are you stealing? See, it's going to take us to examine ourselves, to find out whether we be in the faith, whether we actually are saved or not. See, salvation is not a talk thing. It's not, well, I went to church. That's good. That's a part of it. But that doesn't guarantee you salvation. It's not, well, you know, I I, I read. Three times this week. It's not well I gave to the poor last week and I'm planning to give this weekend and I paid my tithe last week. No, it's about are you doing everything God told you? Are you following everything God said to the best of your ability? So he said to the preacher, Thou that preaches, a man should not steal. Are you stealing though? Are you willing to take things that are not yours and say, well, I I don't believe we should have to pay for this, you know? (laughs) My God. (laughs) People will justify anything. People will go to Walmart. And Walmart says they're going to charge $5 for this item. And you say, well, I don't feel like I have to pay for this. (laughs) <laughs> people do people do all sorts of things but you know what at the end of the day God is going to look at it and he's going to say you stole that's what he's going to determine regardless of what excuse that we come up with read for us man thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery dost thou commit adultery huh read for us man Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Mm-hmm. Thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God? See, we cannot break God's commandments all while saying we're followers of God. See, God is going to hold us accountable. This is the type of God that we're dealing with. This is the type of God that Jesus preached. Jesus called people hypocrites left and right. And in the end, we will not, we will not be able to make an excuse and still be saved. So God bless you guys. I'm praying that we would recognize that we have a problem. Be willing to accept the harsh truth about ourselves. We've got to be honest with ourselves. If we want to get anywhere in this life, we've got to start being honest with ourselves. We're, we're continually blaming everybody else for every problem. 
instead of looking at our own uh, behaviors, our own mistakes, own the things that we did to cause us to be where we are. So God bless you guys. God bless you guys. And at this time, I will turn it back into the hands of Melvin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Minister. I do hope that someone out there got something out of the message uh, because I know that I did and as I always do. Um, but the thing is, I have to apply this to my life as we all do with the word of God. Um, we have some more comments. Cynthia says, praise the Lord. David says, praise the Lord, everyone. Hope you're having a blessed day in the Lord. Um, so praise the Lord to you too. Thank you so much for tuning in. Kiera quotes Luke chapter 22 and verse 32. It says, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen, strengthen thy brethren. That is definitely true. Um, David says the scriptures tell us that we will be without excuse. Um, I'm reminded of one verse that says uh, we will have to give an account for every idle word, everything that we say, everything that we do, that there won't be an excuse. And he always says when I stand he also says, when I stand before the Lord, I'm not going to be judged by what everyone else is doing, but what I, but from what I have done. And a lot of times we as people, we will know the right thing to do, but we'll do the wrong thing due to various reasons, such as peer pressure or what we would or what other people would think about us. But in the day of judgment, God is not going to take, oh, but Tony was doing this and he pressured me into doing this. He's not going to take that as an excuse because on what I say all the time, the only opinion that matters is what God thinks about us. Not man, not your mom, your dad, anybody. It's what God thinks. So he is the one that we should be pleasing. Um, so thank you for those comments. Um, that's definitely true. But going back to the title, um, there's a saying that says the first step to fixing a problem is admitting that you have one. And that's a <laughs> that's a big thing that we don't like to do. You know, so many problems and so many issues could be avoided if we did that. You know, I can use this as an example, um, like an argument between a husband and a wife. The wife is trying to tell the husband, look, this is what you're doing. This is what you're doing that's hurting me. Do you know, just saying how 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 she feels about a certain thing. I mean, and it can go the other way. And instead of the husband or the wife admitting the problem that they have, they try to go and lash back out at their spouse because they don't see the thing that they're doing, the issue within themselves. They're not seeing. A lot of things could be avoided if we try to look at it from the other person's point of view. If we try to look at it from God's point of view, because his saying is in the scripture, his thoughts and his ways are not like our thoughts or our ways, or our ways, sorry. And um, just to give you a natural example, um, you could spill something on the floor and you might not be able to see what you spilled. Um, this happened like um, the other week. We were grooming our dog and some water got on the floor. My wife was telling me, hey, you spilled some water. Can you can you get it? And I didn't see it. But when I changed the view, when I changed the angle where I was looking, I could see the water clearly because I was looking at it from a different angle. So I was able to see it and I was able to clean it up. It's the same way. With ourselves, we need to do a self-examination. And a lot of things, a lot of issues will be avoided if we looked at things how God looked at it, because that's that's what this whole thing is about, changing our way of thinking, changing how we react to things. So I see that that is all of the comments. Um, that is all that I have to say. Um, thank you for the comments as we have Casey, Kiara, Cynthia, and David. Uh, we truly do appreciate you guys for tuning in and for everyone who doesn't come in we appreciate you too and for our podcast listeners whether you're listening to it now or at a later date because no matter when you listen to it the word of god will still be the word of god it's going to stand forever no matter what any anybody tries to do about it so thank you guys again for tuning in and as a, a, a my weekly reminder to you guys we have zoom bible studies every monday at 7 p.m central standard time we would love to see you guys there it's always a good message just like these live stream bible studies is there for for help for learning about the scripture because because it's the most important and most important part of 
of our lives, learning the word of God. So as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always, because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Counted all joy, counted all joy, and again, counted all joy. There is reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm. If the Lord blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the word of God. So until then, you guys have a happy, safe, and blessed weekend, and we'll see you guys the next time. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, check out our website at jmsbible.com. There, you can listen to all of our in-person, Zoom, and live stream messages along with every scripture we've ever covered. Lastly, we have been getting a lot of questions about how people can donate. We have finally opened up a cash app if you find it in your heart to leave a donation because running these Bible studies takes money, which Tony and I have been paying since we first started. That name is dollar sign Joystorm12. We appreciate each and every single donation, no matter how small. And remember to rejoice in the Lord always.